Hey everyone, I'm Carlos and welcome to a new book discussion of productbooklab.com. Every month we discuss online a book about product management together with the author and other product colleagues. If you want to find the recordings from our previous discussions and also join us and participate on the upcoming ones, go to productbooklab.com. To find out how to support the book club and help us keep it running without any ads, check the links in the description. And today we're going to discuss Every Product Manager's First 90 Days by John Frank. And uh, yeah, we have John with us on the, on the call. So super excited to, to discuss the book. I know a lot of people are starting jobs uh, this month, last month. So I think super relevant for a lot of us. And yeah, welcome and, and thanks, John. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Nice. Maybe we can start uh, yeah, by yourself giving a quick intro a bit of uh, about the book as well, maybe. Sure. Yep. So uh, I'm a product manager, senior product manager in Colorado. I was just telling Carlos right before uh, we started here. It's very cold here today. It's snowing, uh, but it's a great place to live. Um, so I'm a senior product manager. I just transitioned in the last month from one company to a new one. So I'm also in uh, my own first 90 days uh, <laughs> at a new job. And uh, I went from a large 5,000 person company to a startup. So we're an eight person startup, uh, changing how people are investing in and investing together. So it's an exciting time. And uh, obviously, uh, I wrote the book, Every Product Manager's First 90 Days, about a year and a half ago. Uh, published that in October of 2020. Uh, it's been really exciting to see it get accepted by the product community and uh, help people on their journey to starting new jobs and being successful in product management. Awesome. Yeah. How, how has been the, the feedback so far you have got from the book? Uh, it is, it's been uh, a lot more than I expected. Uh, and I guess that gets <laughs> a little bit into uh, writing the book itself. Uh, when I wrote it, I had no real plans for uh, or expectations for how it would be received or how well it would do. Um, and it, it took off a lot more than I expected. Um, you know, I wrote the book, uh, honestly, I wrote it first for myself of what I would hope to to read, uh, you know, whenever I started a new job or when I was hiring more product managers, what I'd hope to, to give them to train. Um, and yeah, it's just been accepted by the product community as something that uh, is, is helping uh, a lot of people in the first 90 days. Nice. Cool. Maybe I, I will send the link also of the uh, discussion that people can post the, the questions maybe so we can uh, also read from there. But I will make the first one that I think also now you mentioned, uh, John, uh, someone asked, how do you differentiate the approach between being the first product manager and maybe the 10th one on a company, right? That you also mentioned you went from a big company now from a startup. Um, do you see much difference into maybe what the focus should be of those first 90 days? Sure. Yeah, I, I saw that question. I think it's a great question. And uh, to me, the, the difference is when, when you're coming in and you're the first product manager, one of your first responsibilities needs to be uh, figuring out what the rest of the organization thinks about product, what they're thinking this role actually does. Um, so if you're you know, the first product person, there can be a lot of misconceptions around what product managers do or what they're supposed to be doing. And so uh, one, I'd be, you know, if 
hopefully uh, if you have previous product experience you're bringing that or if this is your first product role i'd be studying up on you know this is what a product manager needs to be doing day in and day out and be really firm on that and then in those first 90 days it's your job to help educate the the rest of the company on what good product management looks like and in, in good systems so that's where i'd be putting a lot of focus if you're one of the first product managers um and then yeah if you're one of you know you're joining a new company and there are other product managers already working there uh, that's a great time to to learn from the other product managers see how they have been doing things historically at the company um what's been working well for them where they've had problems and really take that time to learn from them and then uh towards the end of those 90 days is when you can start giving input on maybe areas that uh, the product process can be improved in uh, and ways that you bring your unique skills and experience to to help the rest of your product team uh, at that point yeah 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 indeed i think super important uh, like you mentioned right if you're the first one to make sure that how everyone wants to understand the, the role or the craft nice Maybe I open the floor. Does someone has any uh, questions, comments that they would like to make? From here, from the call. Yeah, Tom. Sorry, I, I asked the question, so. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a similar. I have that exact scenario where I'll be going in. Um, I guess the the question that I would have to, to follow up on that is how important uh, if you're the first product manager would you say how, how would you weight the kind of systems of product management getting the tools in place helping people understand that you know discovery is its own process all that kind of stuff versus say the product strategy and getting getting up into those higher level strategy things yeah yeah good question um I, I'm always cautious with getting systems in place too early, right? Like you don't want to come in and add all these systems without understanding the, the real problems within the organization first. So I don't think you should just translate all your previous systems and what you've done at another company if you've been in a product role and just implement those in you know the first 30 days right away because every organization operates a little bit different. So take time to, to see which ones to apply uh, and, and work those in as a gradual process. Um, and, and otherwise, and it can just be overwhelming for the team too, if suddenly there's five new processes that everyone needs to, to follow and you're trying to communicate. So uh, I, I go slow with those. And then the other half of your question around strategy, uh, spending time working through the strategy, I, I, that's a great time to be meeting with, with the stakeholders and figuring out what their current strategy is in place. Um, uh, in the book, there's a chapter one about know, you know getting to know your stakeholders and, and their goals, but also knowing the future. That's that's a whole chapter, which is where's the big vision for where this product is going? Where do uh, we see this in a year from now? Where do we see this in several years from now? Understanding that and then that can play into your overall product strategy that you're working on. Yeah, I think another important role that I think you also mentioned, right, is sort of like the state of the company, right? Because even if it's a startup or a big one, maybe the, the stage of the product in itself can influence a lot on what you should be focusing. Right, yeah, absolutely. 
Nice. Uh, Karan, did you have a question? Uh, yep. Uh, I, hey, John. Hi. Hey. Uh, I am midway through your book as of now, and I've just joined a new company. Uh, so, yep, that was something that I wanted to explore that was suggested to me. That shows that uh, organically the word of mouth for your book is doing well. There's organic marketing at play. Uh, so coming back to my question, as you said, uh, or rather within the book itself, it's given that, you know, uh, there are particular steps that you do need to take and there needs to be a gradual, uh, uh, you know, input that as a product manager that I should be giving in. Else uh, it'll be overwhelming for the team. Uh, but at the same time, if I do have a sense that, you know, a particular process that is being executed in the company is rather inefficient. And uh, for example, in my previous experiences, there are other processes that might slightly have been superior to the current way in which things are being functioning. So right. how do I possibly, uh, you know, have an input cause uh, from a proof of working concept? I have historical background that A concept is superior to B concept. I've seen and lived that part. Right. So how do I uh, get consensus amongst the team or rather within senior stakeholders? As in my case, it is an MNC. So how do I get their consensus that, you know, we need to move in a different space? Yeah. Yep. So what I'd first start with is I'd first start by asking a lot of questions of the team around that process that's being used. Uh, try to learn why they started using it, what they were trying to, to solve with it, what they were trying to improve. So start with questions um, and then just start, you know, bringing up uh, some observations of some of the inefficiencies that you're seeing with it. At that point, I think a lot of times if there's pain points felt by the whole team by inefficient processes, other people are going to start acknowledging that. And that's where you can start to suggest, you know what, uh, in my previous role, we use this instead. And here were the benefits that we were seeing by using this process. But when you start by, you know, asking questions around it, exploring it, rather than just coming in and stepping on everyone's toes uh, and saying, no, this is the way we're going to do it now. Uh, it lets people feel like they're part of that that process as well of moving to, and you want team consensus uh, to buy into what you're suggesting. And so you need to start pointing out maybe where the, that system is failing in, in your current organization. Yep. And uh, I'll just, I would just want to add another subpart to the same question. So uh, you do not know if something is really good. Uh, if you have never used that, right? You've never used a car, you'll never know how fast that can go. You always use the bicycle and like, hey, this is good enough. <laughs> but you do not know the difference until you really have something that goes faster, right? right. So uh, the team has been using a certain form of process, there is a comfort zone to in which the team functions on a certain time scale to execute a particular task. Yep. But there can be better processes. Rather, there are better processes in this case. So yep. how do I, uh, you know, have that, uh, get them on board that, you know, these are the things or rather these are the factors. Because at this point in time, my stakeholders who are present, they do not feel that the current process that they are a part of, that process is inefficient. For them, that is already an efficient process. So how do I get them on board for this? Yeah, in that case, I would look for a way that you could experiment with it. So maybe there's a, 
a feature that it's going, you're going to launch that you try it out on, maybe try to get buy-in just to test it out on a small scale. Maybe there's a sub team that you could implement it on for a month. Really at this point, you're just trying to get enough buy-in to, to test it so that you can prove that it's more efficient um, rather than overhauling the, the whole team and making a hard switch. That's really hard to get buy-in right away, especially if they don't see those inefficiencies. So look for ways that you can, you can test it out uh, and prove that it's going to be a lot better. Yep. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think also what I've seen sometimes that help is indeed um, try to show some more evidence, right? Like using the analogy you, you mentioned, maybe you cannot get the people on the car to try it, but maybe if you show them a video of a car against the bike, then it will not be anymore or oh, Karan thinks it's fast, right? But this is the evidence. So I think with processes or like now there's a lot of evidence blog posts that maybe you can also uh, well use or share, right? Thanks, Carlos. Thanks. Really uh, some, someone else would like to make a question or comment or maybe also share some tips from their first 90 days as well. Carlos, maybe I can say, Julia. Yeah. Hi, John. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, so I'm not the product manager, but uh, I'm, I'm working in internal comms in one of the multinationals in the Netherlands. So I found this book very useful, regardless of the fact that I'm not in product management. So I think yeah. it's a great book to read for anybody who is working in a big or small company and who is thinking to move between the roles. Um, so thanks for that. Um, I was wondering, now taking into consideration political situation between the countries, the kind of the turbulency between Russia and the rest of the world, um, how people who are working in product management, if I, I assume the majority here are here, would you give them any kind of advice, maybe how to function in this kind of environment at the moment? Um, maybe... Would you add anything in your book if you would have known that this situation might have happened? Yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, broadly speaking is, is one just like lead, lead with empathy. Um, uh, have empathy for, for your team members. Um, it's obviously everyone's going through stuff. Everyone's been going through a lot of things over the last few years, right? The, the pandemic, uh, depending where you're, you're located, uh, you know, the, the war that, that's breaking out. So there's a lot going on. Um, and uh, I think as a product manager, one thing I encourage product managers to do is that whether you're leading meetings or you can set the, the energy and take care of your team in a lot of different ways. Um, one of the chapters I talk about, like you solve problems for your team, you can get rid of drama just by doing your role really well. But I think another part of that is yeah, having empathy for your team. So sometimes that might mean when you're starting a meeting that you're specifically spending the first five, 10 minutes not talking about work, right? Like maybe you're asking questions that about people's weekend or their, their week uh, that may give them time just to think about something else. Uh, or maybe they really need to just process something in that time. Uh, and this is really hard to do when we're all remote, right? Like when we just hop on a meeting and immediately go into what we're trying to accomplish. So I think as a product manager, you can create that space where people have time to talk about other things besides work with their coworkers. Um, I don't know if that's exactly getting at what, what you're looking for, but that's, uh, that's at least one suggestion that would maybe help. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
Thanks. And yeah, I think yeah, very important. I think I, I usually see as well that even though we are not like managers of uh, people in, in the team, we, we do can influence or, or help at least right, with the mood or how everyone feels. Uh, so yeah, very nice advice. Um, someone else would uh, have uh, want to make a question or comments? Karan? Uh, yeah, uh, to her point, at least this is something that I realized within my new company. Uh, so uh, with the ongoing geopolitical situation that all of us are facing and uh, are having a look at that's gripping the world right now, uh, I've seen that uh, it's very easy to take a stance since, you know, uh, politics is at play and uh, there is a there seems to be, be a clear majority as to what is right and what is wrong. Uh, I think as a product manager, even though you might have a very strong opinion as to what is right and what is wrong, that cannot be seeped in to your team because you are responsible for people on both sides of borders. So uh, at present, we do have teammates who are uh, from Russia or possibly who are from Ukraine, uh, who are part of our uh, larger team. And I've seen that the senior management has handled that uh, brilliantly where uh, there aren't sweeping statements being made within the company because it's very easy while, as you said, you know, while you do the casual chapter or the discussion, it's very easy to discuss the ongoing scene that's there. So there was an explicit thing told that, you know, uh, let us keep geopolitical discussions aside or our personal opinions aside because uh, at the end of the day, it, it's governments versus governments. Your teammate who's sitting there is not deciding on anything at all. So he or she has nothing to do with that particular scenario. So even they are in a limbo. So it's very important to have that layer of neutrality. Even though you might have a very strong opinion on that particular thing. And there might be other uh, stakeholders or other profiles who can speak about that, but you are the one who's kind of, you know, uh, who's in the epicenter of various roles. So uh, it is good to keep your opinions to yourself when there are people that are involved on both sides of the action. So uh, to have a neutral ground, even though you have a very strong opinion on a personal level, would be very important. So yeah, that is the learning that I take from my senior management. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe re related. I, I, I had also um, I think a very good point from the from the book that I wanted to to share, and maybe John, you can also expand more because I think indeed um, the one of the chapters where you talk about the stakeholders, right, and and of course getting to to know them. What I really like is that I think you suggest also uh, understanding their goals, right, and well their goals, their uh, motivations, maybe or like you said, right, what do they also want to achieve. Uh, which sometimes you know then or can consider also on your future interactions, right? Uh, maybe you can expand a bit more on, on that topic with stakeholders and maybe how to guess, best get to know them uh, in those first days. Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, the, the key part there is getting to know their goals and, and then the other half is knowing how they view product success. So... Uh, we all have stakeholders that we, we need to manage. Um, 
I also think we have non-stakeholders who uh, think they they should be stakeholders and they like to make their opinion known about where things need to go and you need to be able to, to manage that really well of uh, graciously letting them know sometimes that we're you know we're not going to execute on this uh, but I, I value your opinion and your input into the product but uh, you know you, you gotta be able to manage those relationships um, but yeah going back to uh, how they view product success uh, I think that is is really critical to start figuring out in your, your first 90 days. Uh, we might make assumptions what their goals are, uh, or we might assume, oh yeah, we're all chasing the same goals, but that's not always the case, right? Especially if you have a lot of different departments, you have a sales department, they have goals and metrics that they're trying to achieve that sometimes uh, can can rub with other departments or your, your marketing department. Uh, and so listing all those out, knowing which stakeholders matter uh, for each feature or what you're working on really helps uh, bring clarity uh, to navigating that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, what you mentioned as well, right? Maybe even sometimes getting to the metrics level, right? Because I, I've seen sometimes or I've also had conversations, you join us. What is the goal to make the product successful? And like, okay, what, what does that mean, right? Like when it's successful, what happens? And I, at some point you will have to confront that, oh, I thought it was something else, right? Or like, oh, I was measuring in this other way. Right, right, yeah. Nice. What I, uh, hey guys, hey Carlos. Hey Luis. Uh, yeah, my, my name is Lou. I started last year with, uh, with a new role, actually as a colleague of Carlos. And um, I also tried something new too, because I think in product, it's really important to have a good network within the company. And uh, I just asked at the beginning, and I think like as everyone does in a new job, you get a, a short list of names like, or a long list of people to speak with, uh, to which are important for your role. But what I did in all those conversations, I always asked like, okay, but uh, th th thanks for your time. And is there someone in your team that is useful to speak with, to get to know. And I did that basically with all the people I had on my list for the initial meetings. And I, I think like for the first four or five months, I had like once or twice or three times a week, still some one-on-ones because I was asking the same thing to people there in the team. And I think it it's super useful now one year later, still having that kind of network from the time. And, and people actually liked it to, to, to to get to know you a little bit. And I think it's it helps flowing the right feedback to you. But also if you need something from them uh, after you have met in a kind of a more neutral way where you do not necessarily need something from someone uh, as, as the first introduction, I still benefit from it a lot. So I think it's also if you're in product and new, that uh, it's a great way of building up a network in a new company. Just ask the person you meet like, is there someone in your team or your manager or that you are managing that is useful for me to, to know? Yeah, I think that's awesome. And especially uh, if you're working remote or hybrid remote, right? Like you no longer have the ability just to run into people in the office. And so you're only ever meeting the people that are in the exact meetings that you're in. So asking people, who else can you introduce me to? Uh, who else should I know? Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic way to get to know the rest of the company. And, and I will say this, if, if you're a newer product manager and you're working in a larger company, a great thing to do is to reach out to other product managers, not on your team. If there's other divisions that have product managers, 
set up meetings with them and just learn from them. Um, everyone approaches product management a little bit differently. They're going to have how they approach it. And it's a great opportunity. And, you know, uh, every time I've, I've seen people do it, everyone's open and receptive to it, uh, to be able to spend 30 minutes, you know, grab lunch with them or virtual lunch, whatever it might be, and just pick their brain on uh, product management. And especially, I think, at, at the beginning, right, is sort of like the preferred opportunity to go and uh, have these conversations or to, to spend a bit more time uh, getting to know people. Yeah. Nice. Um, someone else would like to, uh, yeah, share maybe some, some tips or make question, comment? Lisa? Uh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, so I have a question about actually the exercise uh, at chapter seven know your customer um so uh, basically what we were supposed to do is to fill out the customer profiles and then uh, there were additional steps that i'm not going to spoil it <laughs> but uh yeah basically uh, i was wondering how to approach it because i started to fill it out from the knowledge that i had basically like what i was thinking our profiles were um, but then later I kind of figured out that I probably should have based this on the actual data and the actual profiles that we have. So can you clarify a bit on that? Like <laughs> what was that, the direction that I should have gone? Yeah, I, I think what you just said is, is gold. It's, it's what everyone <laughs> struggles with, right? We have in our mind who our customer is or what demographics they are. And sometimes, and probably most of the time, you know, uh, that might not be accurate with with what the data is uh, telling us they are. So, I think it's a it's a great place to. I, I would almost split it. I would do uh, who you think your your customer is, and this can be great to do in your first few weeks. Who who yeah. your base assumptions are. Here's who I think this product's actually serving. List those out, and then go dig into the data. Uh, and see if it confirms those assumptions. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is actually go, you know, talk to real customers and yeah. kind of compare those those three different ones. Um, and th that that's how I would approach it. Um, mm -hmm. But going back to that first one, you know, why I wouldn't say just skip over who you assume the customer is, is as you're onboarding and learning the product, if there's a big mismatch there who you're like, oh, I think this is who our customer is, but then the data tells you something very differently, that, that's a mismatch that you need to start working through. That could be a, a marketing issue. That could be part of how the, the product's designed. Um, so yeah, if you've had a big difference there as you've started to work through that, that's, that's good action items to start working mm -hmm. on as a product manager. Sounds good. Uh, can I have a follow-up question on that? Uh, so you mentioned uh, starting to have conversations with, with those uh, clients. And um, this is what I uh, struggle with a little bit. So what, like, what are the things that uh, you want to ask your clients as a first point of contact um, and setting up like general interviews? Because it, it is a bit difficult because you kind of want to give the direction, but you also don't want to limit things. And you also don't want to have like an hour of their time. You want to have like 20 minutes, get like the, I don't know, crucial things. And um, yeah, sometimes it's, a, yeah, it's difficult to find the balance between 
uh, finding the right information in the interviews, so like digging deeper into problems and to, I don't know, the opportunities that there are. Uh, and also like, yeah, not limiting the conversation to just problems or opportunities. So maybe you have some tips about that. Yeah, so the, I think the first thing I'd say is definitely read the mom test. I know Rob Fitzpatrick was on here a, a few months ago. That's one of my favorite books. Uh, so definitely, definitely read that. Um, so that's that's the first thing I say to that. The second thing is just get going with those first interviews, uh, asking questions that, that you have early on. You know, how did you discover the product? What was some of the first things you did within the product? Where do you see, where have you had problems uh, trying to, to do this or to do that? Uh, I would start really broad there in those first customer interviews. And then as you get more comfortable, as you uh, understand exactly what you're trying to solve in your role as a product manager, that's when those conversations can then become more specific as you're trying to, to solve uh, exact problems where you can ask a series of questions to get you to the answer that you're, you're trying to get. But yeah, don't be afraid to jump into those and, and just ask broad questions. It can just be a conversation uh, at first. Uh, the most important thing is that you're just starting to have customer conversations um, and just asking broad, open questions that, that get them talking about it will be good. And then, yeah, I, I lean on Rob uh, for, for <laughs> how to, to phrase and uh, ask really good questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, as, as you mentioned, I think it's quite important also to, to sort of like maybe start broad because I know what... Sometimes you might be the PM for like a specific feature, right? That it's, it's just one small part of a whole product of how the user uh, interacts with, right? So I, I also usually recommend like, if you can first understand the whole product or what the user really wants to solve, regardless of the small part where you work on, that would also then help you understand how you your team contributes, right? To that bigger goal. Uh, but yeah, indeed, the, the mom test I see on the chat uh, links are there is very good. Uh, and indeed, we discussed with Rob uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, I'm going to read one question from uh, Aofi, Aofi, that she says that the baby's crying. So I'm going to make that one, question. One more thing that I would like to uh, add here. Uh, like, yes. like we were discussing in the previous, uh, previously that, you know, uh, have five, 10 minutes before the call to discuss about how these are. So what, what I like to do is to ask uh, the customer about what they do. So that uh, we are clear, very clear on how, what the customer profile is. So that helps them uh, with two things, understanding what the, how, how they're going to use the product for first. And second, they feel more comfortable, even if you, you know, extend the time a bit, they feel more comfortable and connected uh, to share more details with you and go, go into detail and uh, help you with whatever the queries are. Definitely. Nice. Awesome. So yeah, that's a good tip because uh, like we work with marketing agencies and we have a product for uh, for marketing and sometimes like they're one of our, our target um, audience, but sometimes the agencies, they use like five different products for different things. So that's indeed uh, a useful tip to ask like, in which exactly way they use our product and why don't they use it for like, other components and use their competitors. So yeah, that's, that's a good one. Thanks. Nice. All right, uh, the question, uh, you refer to Squirrel products in the book. For Squirrel product features, you are now the delivery owner of how do you deal with flagging your concerns that this shiny new feature may not be a hot customer demand feature. 
Guy, can you can you say that one more time? The the first part of that question. Yeah, it says you refer to Squirrel products in the book, right? For Squirrel product features, you are now the delivery owner. Uh, of how do you deal with flagging your concerns that this shiny new feature may not be a hot customer demand? So I think maybe yeah, the situation is you land into this team and this team might have already a, this big plan that this is it, right? This is what we really need to do. And as we said, maybe after a few interviews, you might find out that, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. How do you handle that, right? And and you're new, right? So probably you don't know people and you might feel a bit like, hmm, I don't know if I should highlight this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely a tricky balance to to figure out in, in your first month. Um, is yeah you, you don't want to come across that you know everything and that you want to you know uh, your opinion matters more than all the the work uh because <laughs> the, the first thing you gotta think of is these are people that have been there you know sometimes years sometimes 10 years right and they've been working at this company and you're brand new and so uh you do need to value their experience and their input but sometimes especially if an organization doesn't have a good product process they don't have a good way of validating ideas there could be you know obvious misses that are about to happen with with the product so um data, data is your best friend in all of this um you can i think kind of humbly uh find data, do research, whether it's analytical data, whether it's customer research data, start to assemble that. And then as you raise your concerns, you know, I'd be raising them and say, you know, I have, I have a few concerns about this that we're, we're building in my interviews this week. I didn't hear anyone really asking about us building that um, or looking at the data. I don't think this is exactly where to go. And you can start presenting that. I would just keep presenting it. Um, and that might be all you can do in, in your, your first month or two at that point. As people start trusting you, as you start to have that authority in your role, you can make a firmer stance, in my opinion, on saying, you know what, I, we're, not, we're not going to, to build this and, and here's why. And that's when you have that whole case of why you're not going to execute on that. But if it's, yeah, if it's your first month and this is work that's happened over the last six months, for you to come in at that point and say, no, like we can't do this. The best you can do is try to make your case with data and, and leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and indeed, right. I think that the important bit is see how you can bring everyone along. So it doesn't really come across, as you said, that it's just your opinion that we shouldn't do this. Uh, yep. Maybe, maybe related with uh, data and insights, because I see also that can be something quite overwhelming, right? I remember also when I joined uh, where I work now that as you also mentioned on the book, right? Sometimes onboardings are not that well prepared. So it might be like you join here is uh, these dashboards or here is, you know, even you can query and then you sort of like get paralyzed with, okay, what should I really be looking at, right? And, and how should I read this? Uh, how, how do you go about indeed data, right? Like what, how do you structure what to look at? Yeah, 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 big question. Um, start, you know, start small, start with what uh, the one thing you're trying to find an answer to. So uh, with with what feature you're working on, what, what do I need to know here? Do I need to know, where we're having a drop-off? Do I need to know, uh, 
you know, how long people are using uh, the screen, how many screens they're going to. I mean, it, it really varies depending what what type of product you're, you're working on. But I would start with with one small problem that you have and, and work it work it out. Uh, especially if it's a new data platform that you're not familiar with, uh, sometimes it might involve uh, a, a team member uh, to to help pull that data. But start small uh, with some quick problem, and then and then go from there. Uh, you know, the thing with data is that you can find answers to everything if you if you set it up right. But it is it is a big process. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Try not to to aim too big too early. Yeah. Nice. Um, someone else would like to make a question or maybe comments. Himanshu, yeah. Yeah, uh, not exactly related to the first 90 days, but uh, as you we were discussing about the networking inside the uh, inside the organization. Uh, so I, uh, we, I, I, the startup that I work with is very small team. Uh, the product team uh, is very small. So I, I, I want to build that this network outside is it possible to reach out to other people and uh, you know ask them that uh, you know i am facing problems around these things would you be able to help if yes what what should be the right way to do it to do it sure yeah so yeah d depending where you are uh, i find you know the, the product community is one of the the best communities both uh, globally obviously like we have right now but also locally um, i have quite a few uh, you know, in here in Colorado, there's specific like product Slack groups, there's product meetups, there's all sorts of things. Like once you start looking for it, you can find it. So depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for in person to be able to meet with people and talk through it or, or virtually, um, even Lunch Club. Uh, Lunch Club is a, is a really cool software where you just get paired randomly uh, with people for a 30 minute conversation. And I think as they've been developing over the last year, you can narrow down and I think uh, try to target specific job functions so you can try to get tar targeted with other product managers um but yeah I, I would start there um i think it can be really hard just to start like cold reaching out on linkedin for people uh because everyone's at this point uh views it through a lens of what's this person trying to sell me or or uh convince me to do when all you're really wanting to do is just swap ideas with people um and then, you know, my, my last suggestion would be, be like, right here is a great group, right? This is, a, you know, 100, 200 people that are all have similar interests. You could reach out to anyone probably within this group. Uh, <laughs> no one sent me messages if you, uh, <laughs> you don't want to be reached out to. But, you know, this is a this is a community of people that, that want to share ideas and, and discuss things. So I think this is a natural starting point to send some messages and say, Hey, I saw you were in product book club. I wonder if you want to grab 30 minutes and uh, discuss product and, you know, work through some of the things I'm facing in my company. Carlos, Carlos didn't kick me off of the call. So I guess I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we have seen happening and uh, yeah. So please feel free indeed to, to, to message everybody you have seen here. Awesome. Awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely uh, reach out to some, some groups here uh, locally as well and try to, Thank you. Thanks. Maybe to to also um, follow up on that one because indeed I think it. Well, we we discussed at the beginning, right? The difference, maybe if you are the first PM or if you're joining a, a big group. But um, yeah, maybe what what recommendations would you also have if I've seen also happening that you might be the first PM joining a startup, a company, 
but maybe also you still feel right that you're not that uh, senior let's say so indeed and, and then it can be very easy or overwhelming sometimes on okay what what should i do now or how should i um, position the role or the craft in, in itself right um, how, how do you go maybe if, if you are on that situation right or what recommendations uh, would you have john yeah um you know uh, i guess one thing i'd say is there's there's a lot of really good product books in the space and that's why you you have this lunch club is there's a lot of great product books around how to be structured as a product team uh and so you can lean on that knowledge uh you know empowered product teams um some of those other books so spend time reading and uh even yeah if you're you're learning yourself rely on the the knowledge expert that other people have written and have had really good success with within product so uh that that's probably where i'd start with that um and then uh yeah besides that you know i, I like the idea of trying to to find a, a mentor uh or someone in the space who has has gone that that route before you who you know ideally is gone through that exact same experience, but even if they haven't gone through that exact same one, uh, is, is in a similar place, just a few years down the road that, uh, you can talk to and, and learn from. Nice. Yeah, so I've, I've been facing exactly same issues, uh, right now. So from, you know, being a product manager to a product leader, uh, that's, you know, I'm switching to. So one, one more thing that I figured out is there are courses available for being a product leader as well, or a product exactly so that that's one more thing apart from these two things that i'm uh, trying to figure out uh to, you know find some good courses around this who can help me shape shape my uh, mentality in that direction yeah nice uh guillermo you have a guess? yeah i have a question um in your book it it's really a lot of uh, go talk to people go go know your product go know your customers right but do you have kind of like a roadmap or a balance to say, okay, start here, then uh, go a little bit more here, or I don't know, try to at least, what, what would be your advice like in this first 90 days? Because it cannot be so blocked. Like I just talked to, to, to my peers right now, you know, in this first month. Yep. Yeah. So you're asking how would you structure, you know, this first 90 days? Yep. Yeah, good, good question. So kind of if we take all the kind of different chapters in the book, how do you organize all of that into uh, kind of a system to go through all that? Is that what you're asking? Cool. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the, the book, uh, I, I've been asked this a, a fair amount, is like, is the book has to be done linear? Uh, does it not have to be done linear? And no, like, you know, use the book however you want to uh, in whatever order that makes sense. Um, the, the first few chapters, you can kind of broadly break it down into like big chunks of people, processes, and product uh, as it goes through it. But uh, the, the people part, I definitely recommend all of those conversations should happen in uh, the, the first month. So knowing your team and stakeholders, you want to have those ones because it just it gets really awkward if you've been in a meeting seven times with someone and that's the only context you know them in to then two months later say oh hey can we have a, a quick one-on-one -on -one where i get to know you and you already have you know you've seen each other over and over and over again so uh i try to push those ones as early as possible uh in, in the first week or two uh if if you can 
Um, and then those other discovery ones, <clears throat> this is where it can get it can get lost because after your first few weeks is when you really start to get busy with other stuff and uh, spending time digging into numbers or digging into your marketing. Uh, those can just get lost or you can get busy doing other things. So uh, I, I would just block out different time blocks in your calendar. I'd start by going through the book and skimming it as an overview, uh, looking through the different exercises, seeing which ones really resonate. Um, you know, even when I wrote this, I fully understand that there's probably some chapters or exercises in here that aren't applicable uh, to, to every position uh, that people are, are working in. So skim through it, see which ones you think you are really going to be important for you to do, and then just schedule those out in, in time blocks there. Um, so I don't know if that fully answers like an exact timeline to, to do everything, but uh, I definitely wait the people part on the front end and then make sure you're scheduling out the other pieces. Cool. No, thanks a lot. That's already uh, very useful. Yeah. Cool. And thanks thanks for providing the 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 pdfs or the templates because i don't have the i don't have the courage to to, to write on the book but it's good <laughs> i found it out <laughs> nice maybe what, what i've also seen uh maybe it's useful as well is to discuss it uh what, what i what i did when i got the book as well is to talk with uh to show it to my manager you know like hey look these are all things i i believe uh i should invest time right how do you also see it right because for example, yeah, some companies might think that that you are super connected with sales is more important than another one, right? So I think maybe that's also a nice exercise. Now that you have the book, uh, how does your manager see uh, the priorities? Maybe. Yep. Yeah, and and one thing I, I tell people this is this is what's funny when you start a new job is when you go into a new job, you expect that your manager is going to have a plan for you. <laughs> uh, and what they want you to do and your manager at the same time is thinking oh this is a smart person i just hired they're going to figure out what to do in the first 90 days and so both parties are kind of expecting the other person to have uh, a plan and a system in place uh and and that's why i targeted the book more towards you know the person starting the job rather than the, the manager because the, the managers they're busy right like you're hiring either because someone left and you're trying to backfill that role or because you got so busy that uh, it's just a matter of expansion and you're adding members to your team and so it's really hard for managers to to have the time to think through everything that their their new hire needs to do in those first 90 days so yeah i love that idea of almost kind of going through the book with your manager and getting their input on which sections they think will be important. That will, that will help them a lot as well. May I do another question? Yeah. Um, do you have any indications when these 91st days are not going as planned or not good? Or like some pitfalls or... period. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the, that's lagging, right? Let's see what's leading to, to this <laughs> or with it kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Indications. Would... Here in Germany, it's like six months. Then I don't have 90 days. So I have like right. six months. Um, yeah. If, if you're having a really hard time following through on any of the exercises, you know, you're reaching out to people and they're not responding or you're trying to set up meetings or it, it just feels like friction at every step. That, that would mean to me that there's some organizational issues going on. Uh, 
that are, it's not going well. Um, I don't know if that's like the angle you're looking for with that question or like internally, like with yourself, that things aren't going well uh, within the job. Um, yeah, it's kind uh, of like the flip side, I would, I would say, right? So the, the 90 days more like what you have to do, right? So I, my question is more on the, yeah, how do you see, but friction totally makes sense to me, yeah. Thanks. I, I think another tip now I remember is um, also to reach out maybe to someone else that has also started uh, recently, right? And, and ask them for like, I've seen sometimes, for example, yeah, people sharing like, oh, I made this list of like all the metrics that I found out that are important, for example, or all these links that helped me a lot. Uh, similar with uh, Lou, I remember we, I, I met him a couple of months and he told me like, hey, I did this exercise. And I was like, oh yeah, of course, I should also do that <laughs> and yeah. now that I'm joining. Um, so I think that's also maybe a, a nice tip. Uh, yeah, the, the one thing I wanna be careful and say here is that I think feeling overwhelmed, you know, feeling imposter syndrome, those things, those aren't signs to me that your first 90 days are, are going poorly. I think everyone feels that at some point in your first 90 days. Uh, be prepared. Like you will feel overwhelmed. Maybe like you don't know exactly what you're doing. Imposter syndrome will be in there. That's not an indication to me at a level that you're in the wrong role or it's the wrong company. Uh, everyone I talk to feels that at some point. Uh, and I don't think just following the book is going to, to solve that for you. Hopefully it helps some, but yeah, if you start to feel that don't, you know, I don't think it should be alarm bells going off. Uh, if, if you hit the end of your 90 days and you've gone through all the exercises and you still have no idea what you're supposed to be doing, that maybe is an alarm bell to me of an organization with manager management, uh, that there is a potential problem there. Nice. Um, someone else would like to make another question or comment? I'm just curious if the company is scaling up and everything is so crazy quick, is 90 days is still relevant or you need to try and squeeze it in 30 days? <laughs> yep, yeah, good question. Um, the, the, you know, the 90 days, it's not an exact formula. Uh, I don't, you know, when I wrote, I didn't expect anyone to, you know, on day 89, be getting to the conclusion chapter, right? It's, it, it is a little relative to how fast you're moving. Uh, I, I will say this, um, you know, I think this story is partially in that book. Uh, I, I hired a product manager as I was putting together a lot of the, the resources that ended up uh, making this book. And I gave him all these tasks to do, uh, all the exercises, different departments to meet with, different people, different data to, to dig into. And he blazed through all of that in around like a week and a half, two weeks. He, he got through it all. And he ended up not being very successful at that company because he went too fast through it, right? Like he checked all the boxes of areas that he needed to learn, but it wasn't actually him understanding uh, and taking that in, right? Like it takes time to to fully learn on, on a deep level, uh, a level that you can actually execute on with some of this stuff. So I do caution against going way too fast just to check the boxes uh, to say, oh yeah, you know, uh, I, I know what we're doing from a marketing perspective or I know what our sales are doing uh, because that's not gonna set a good foundation for you to go off of in the future. So, but yeah, uh, 
if if you get through it in 30 days and you've had time to f- dig in and learn each of these areas, that's totally fine. And, and that makes sense to me. And even after, now I, I also saw it, um, I mean, I've, I've been more than 90 days, but also sort of like checking like, okay, have I spent that much time uh, on this aspect, on this other one, right? I think all of these points you mentioned on the book are helpful uh, on a continuous basis as well, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. All right. Uh, someone else, any questions, comments? I would like to share any other uh, tips maybe from the first 90 days. Yeah, maybe a tip from my side. I'm not quite sure if that was covered in the book, but uh, talking to the to your manager uh, a lot, like in general, forming this, uh, yeah, you and your manager relationship. Um, yeah, um, uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, was it covered in the book or not? Because I'm yeah, there's sure. a there's an exercise in there where uh, you really want to flush out what the there's top three goals are for you. Yeah, yeah. The next 90 days. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I would also maybe like uh, take some questions from the um, yeah from the stakeholder thing where like uh, how do they define the the, the product success and uh, what what are their expectations towards you in terms of uh, managing stakeholders uh, being like internally in the team. Um, their relationship, maybe they expect like some help with certain things that you're not aware of. Um, so yeah, just really forming a good relationship with your manager. Right. Yeah. And let's, you know, going back to the, the very first question we talked about, which is, or, uh, one of the second questions around, uh, if you're one of the first product managers and how you needed to coach, uh, the rest of the company, there could be part of that with stakeholders where they have expectations of you and what they're hoping you're going to do. And that might not fully be what should be done from a product perspective. And so that is time to, to slowly coach them and help them understand how, how to work well with product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just maybe one, uh, one more question uh, to this. Uh, let's imagine that, uh, like you said, you're new to the organization, there are no product managers. And then the stakeholders have crazy expectations towards you that, I don't know, you will do some weird things that <laughs> you did not think you're going to be doing. So how, uh, what is the best way to then kind of step back and clarify these expectations and say like, hey, this is, I'm actually not going to be doing that. <laughs> so yeah, maybe you have some tips on, on that. Yeah, just, uh, you know, read up, study up on what, a successful product organization looks like. Again, you know, I reference other books, look at uh, how successful companies organize product and, and what those relationships look like. So make sure first that you understand that and understand how that works well. Um, and then, you know, yeah, in, in those conversations, slowly bring that up. Uh, and, and, and don't be afraid to set those boundaries, right? When they're asking you, uh, I had a coach, a product manager through this, she came uh, and she has a you know fantastic personality and super nice right and people would ask her to do stuff that wasn't her job and she would have you know time capacity because you have a lot of times in those first 90 days you have extra time capacity uh there can be weird gaps and so people would ask her to do stuff and she'd she'd say yes uh, and she was able to do those things and do her job but i, I was coaching her i was saying you know what like 
eventually you won't be able to do this, right? You need to be able to, to say, say no to things. And you can say no graciously um, to, to people and say this, you know, this really isn't my role uh, to be doing this. Um, I think this is more this person's role or it would be great if we hired someone to do this because this isn't a product position uh, doing this. And also as well, maybe try to find it. I've seen during the interviews itself, right? You can you can already sometimes uh, spot some red flags on like, wait, what am I going to be doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that, uh, in in that one of those first chapters, it's it's about looking at a job description and, and breaking down that job description. And I will say this: a lot of companies when they need to hire a product manager, they go and they Google. What is a product manager job description? They find a generic job description. They take that. <laughs> they maybe modify a few lines and they post that. I'm not saying that's all companies, but a lot of companies do that. And so it may look exactly like what a product manager should be doing from a job description standpoint, but in their mind, uh, that's not what they're expecting you to do. And so, yeah, you can spend time in the interview trying to dig into exactly what day in and day in, day in and day out will look like. Uh, but also, once you start a job, you want to be able to figure that out too. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, just checking at the time as well. Maybe now we can take like a picture for the ones that have the book, um, or if you just want also to, to appear. Uh, yeah. All right. Let me count three, two, one. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, thanks everyone. Thanks, join uh, for joining. Uh, I think a lot of uh, great tips, uh, recommendations uh, for everyone for not only the first ninety days, I would say, but uh, for for the career. So yeah, thanks again for for joining. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This has been really fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Definitely, don't be afraid to reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, if you want to help me out a little bit, Amazon reviews are fantastic for the book. They helps me out a lot. So. Uh, shameless plug there uh but yeah <laughs> definitely i've enjoyed this uh but yeah don't be afraid to reach out uh message me on linkedin and we can continue the conversation awesome all right thanks everyone thank you bye bye, bye, -bye. thank you so thanks. much Carlos. thank you so much john bye, -bye. thank you bye bye